You can't handle the truth. Welcome to the Samuel Emanuel movie podcast. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. My week's been uh, all over the map, my friend. To be honest, it's been uh, a shitty, a shitty work week. And totally redeem yourself. (laughs) You're gonna need a bigger boat. Also, my uh, my Red Sox are playing complete shit. First rule of Fight Club is. I actually forgot how much Red Sox uh, winning and losing and actually affects and my mood. Sad, okay. sad. Yes, and that's what I said. It's been a shit week. Well, for those people who are turn- tuning in to listen to us talk about baseball, uh, those two people who are you and I will be uh, quite satisfied about this intro and today's episode. Um, but I think uh, today's episode encompasses a little bit more than baseball. We're going to be talking about the movie 42. Um and we're, I think we're both excited to talk about that. And while it is a baseball film, it's going to encompass a whole lot more than that. But I am getting ahead of myself. Uh, Manny, why don't you tell the people where they can find us on social media? Yeah, they can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. They can like and follow us on our Facebook group. And they, if they would, I would love it. They would give us a five-star review and a positive review on iTunes. That will help increase our exposure and get us some more listeners. Also, if you want to uh, email us, you can email us at sammannymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You're getting better at that every time. Thanks. So, Manny, I know that this is a movie that uh, is near and dear to your heart. It's been a, uh, I know you're a huge Jackie Robinson guy, as most people should be. Um, I had never seen this movie before. Um, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, it is Jackie Robinson Day coming up in the Monday. MLB. April 15th. Uh, what, what day would that be? April 15th. April 15th is Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, and so we thought in celebration of that, we would watch a movie about the first African-American uh, baseball player. And I guess the first African-American athlete in most major North American team sports. I honestly don't have that fact handy, but I would imagine it's the case. Yeah, neither do I. I would probably have to say so as well. But, uh, yeah, um, before we dive kind of into the movie, as most, as I've probably alluded to here and by anybody that even knows me, Jackie Robinson is an extremely huge part of my life. He he is my hero. Um, What this man had to endure, this movie barely touches what this man had to endure um, while while breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I love this man. His story is fantastic. And so when this movie w- came out in, in 2013, I was super pumped. I I, remember, I rewatched the trailer uh, prior to this. Uh, it's a great trailer. It actually got me pretty emotional and uh, doesn't give away too much, which was an, a nice change for, for a trailer. So I was super pumped uh, when 42 came out. <clears throat> So just before we get into our initial thoughts of the film, uh, this is 42, released in 2013. The writer-director is Brian Hegland. Uh, it's starring Chadwick Boseman, Harrison Ford, T.R. Knight, and Alan Tudyk. has a 62 Metascore, uh, had a budget of $40 million, uh, gross 95. And the plot, in 1947, Jackie Robinson became, becomes the first African-American to play Major League Baseball in the modern era when he was signed by the Brooklyn Dodgers and faces considerable racism in the process. So, Sam, like you mentioned, you had never seen this movie, so what are your spoiler-free thoughts on 42? 
my spoiler-free thoughts on uh, 42. Well, look, uh, baseball movies have a long and storied history of uh, having a nice, healthy portion of cheese with them. Uh, I think for a movie that is such about such a serious topic, this movie does have a lot of uh, cheesiness to it. Um, not necessarily in terms of like comedy or anything like that, but it's just like a like a pretty prototypical feel-good baseball movie format like sort of the the typical baseball movie structure and then in that is the uh the life story of jackie robinson there was a lot um even as a baseball fan i didn't know about jackie robinson i discovered while watching this movie uh for example i didn't know he started his first game on first base i didn't know i I mean I, i just felt like there was a lot for everybody in this movie i watched this with uh my friend and roommate jordan who uh is not a baseball fan and and she seemed to enjoy herself in it. So I think overall, um, it's it's not a movie that really um, blew my mind in any sort of way. It's not a movie that I thought um, was deserving of anything more than really what it got. But I I enjoyed myself. It told the story of a of a great man and a hero. Um, and yeah, I, I had a good time watching it. Yeah, I, I understand everything you're saying. This doesn't dive deep into things. This this movie was kind of made for, for, I guess, for lack of a better word, for kind of general audiences. It doesn't it doesn't go as dark um, or as real as it could have. It kept it somewhat light. Um, the uh, frequent use of the N word was uh, a a little jarring uh, in today's climate, um, but I'm so glad that it was used uh, because it needs to be in this film. And even the use that they have and the amount of times they use it in this movie still doesn't even quite accurately reflect on what happened uh, in those days. Did you want Django Unchained? Pretty much. Pretty much (laughs) Django Unchained is what this really needed to be for us to kind of even have even a glimpse of what uh, actually went on back in 1947. There's a little bit of inaccuracies in the film regarding Jackie Robinson's life. Nothing too uh, egregious that bothered me. I am going to point them out as we go along. There actually is one scene that I remember when I saw it in the theater. I'm like, that didn't happen. And the fact that it's kind of played as a pretty big moment bothered me. I understand why they did it. And I will get into that when we get into that as we discuss and we get into spoilers. Okay. So all in all, I, I obviously really like this movie. It's the it's the biopic of one of my favorite humans in history. So I, I was pretty much going to like it unless they really fucked it up. And fucking up this man's story would have been a travesty. That being said, it's a little worrisome that a white man was the writer and director of this story. Uh, I really, he is a baseball fan and he's actually a writer and director that I, he's done some stuff that I enjoy. Uh, I, but I really wish honestly the original person that had set this up was uh, Spike Lee. And I would have really enjoyed his take on this film. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I I didn't realize it was written and directed by a white guy, but it does sort of show there are some aspects of it that are certainly uh, 
maybe dumbed down is the wrong word. I'm trying really hard to not say whitewashed, <laughs> but whitewashed to a certain extent. Um, for example, I think Harrison Ford's performance is really good uh, as Branch Rickey. Yeah. But the character of Branch Rickey is uh, <clears throat> is shown to be a hero just a little bit too much for my taste. It just seems like in the beginning of the movie, I liked the direction that they took with him where he's basically just saying, look, it's a financial decision. Like we have a lot of black fans and Jackie Robinson is a really talented black baseball player. And it's, it's just a matter of dollars and cents. And I liked the way they took that. That's up, historically they, that's historically accurate. Yes. And then they do a 180 later and Branch Rickey has some some monologue about how the way he's seen black people mistreated and how oh. he's never going to let himself make mistakes he's made in the past. No, that's historically accurate it's as historically well. historically accurate? Yes. Um, okay. And I, I actually forgot to look up the story. So I'm paraphrasing this. Um, Brent, they, they kind of, there was, it's one of the notes I have. So let's, let's, no, I'm going to get into this right now okay. um, because we're touching on it now. So as spoilers right now, Okay, so are we officially ending non-spoilers? Or getting spoilers? Uh, we're officially ending non-spoilers. So for those that haven't seen the movie, three, two, one, go fuck yourself. Here we go. Okay, so Branch Rickey, um, it's it's mentioned before, and he says it in the film. He used to manage uh, a university team uh, at Ohio Wesleyan. When he was managing the team, they were on a road trip. Uh, he checked in the team at a hotel. One of their best players was a black player. And the hotel would not allow this player to register in the hotel and stay there. So Branch Rickey said, well, what if he doesn't register to stay here and just stays in my room? And the hotel manager reluctantly agreed to that. So there would be no record of a black man staying in this place, in this person's hotel. So Branch Rickey sent the player up to his room with his stuff and said, I'll be there shortly after I finish getting the rest of the team set up and, and everything signed up. When Branch Rickey went up to his room, the young man, whose name really escapes me and it's really sad, um, he was sitting on the edge of the bed, upset, and rubbing his skin. And Branch asked him, what are you doing? And he said, it's the color of my skin. If I can just get it to come off, there won't be any problems. That stuck with Branch Rickey for the rest of his life. So when this opportunity arose for him to help try to integrate black people into Major League Baseball, it's one of the driving forces for him. So he was motivated by money, but he also had this memory with him. And the worst part, and it's one of the notes I said, is that there's two or three times throughout this film that would allow them to tell that story and they don't. And I think it's sorely missed because obviously right there, just like you said, you found it a problem that there's that 180 when there never really was that 180. If they'd simply told that story, you people would have understand that Brent Rickey had always wanted to do this. He just needed the opportunity to be able to. Yeah, given the context of that story, which is moving, by the way, I... I can't imagine the decision-making process that went into not including that in the movie. Um, like maybe, maybe what I was missing, I guess, from from Ricky was a little bit more context yep. into what he's, why he's feeling what he's feeling, because he is just kind of set up at the beginning of this movie to be like just just making a business decision, which I would have been totally fine with this being just set up to be a business decision, which would have been rational back in those days. 
Um, but the the 180 feels totally unearned when when he just says I was a, I was a college coach and I saw how uh, my some of the the players on my team were mistreated because of the color of their skin. If they had maybe delved into that a little bit more or had that a little bit earlier in the movie, you know, I've, the the character of Branch Rickey just seemed overly glorified for no reason, I guess. Not to say he wasn't a great man from everything you've just told me. He probably was, but I, mean, I don't know. It just it just seemed like a weird place for the movie to set its focus when Jackie Robinson did so many great things in his life. Yeah, I get it. And like I said, I know there's there are some things wrong um, and mistakes made in this film that, uh, I, in my opinion, would have heightened it. Um, mm-hmm. Just before we continue on, Branch Rickey is a huge part of baseball. Uh, obviously him helping break the color barrier by bringing Jackie Robinson is, do you know the other thing that ja- that branch Rickey did that revolutionized baseball? Uh, I am not aware. No, he invented the farm system. <laughs> That's pretty important because I mean, baseball teams will have several farm teams and yeah, yeah. yeah I did not he, know that when he was uh, the manager of, or the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, he couldn't compete with the other teams money-wise, so he just decided he's going to grow his own players. So he set up this farm system of minor league teams to help find, develop, and bring up prospects into the into the Cardinals system. So he <laughs> he invented the farm system in baseball, and he helped uh, integrate baseball as well. Hmm. Yeah, obviously a very important person. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Uh, okay, so let's dive into the movie. Um, we are using Wikipedia uh, as our plot summary, uh, but as I was preparing for this, I realized that right off the bat, the plot summary is incorrect, uh, so I'm going to be skipping it and moving forward a little bit. Uh, so we start off with Branch Rickey uh, talking to his, I think his PR man, um, played by uh, T.R. Knight, um, uh, Harold and his head scout, uh, Clyde Sukforth. Um, let's see here. So they're talking about integrating baseball. We get a little glimpse of Jackie playing in the Negro League, showing off his base running prowess. And then the team is uh, on a barnstorming tour where the team tours around. They pull into a gas station, and Jackie tries to use the bathroom, and the white attendant won't allow him. So Jackie says, pull out the hose, we'll get our 99 gallons somewhere else. And the owner of the gas station reluctantly agrees. This is historically accurate. This is where Jackie Robinson is standing up for the rights of his people. And he knows that back then, these gas stations were, they made their money by selling gas. They're not these big corporations that they are now. And selling 99 gallons of gas for this bus is a huge chunk of change for these people. So not being able to sell this to these uh, barnstorming black baseball players would have been a huge loss for this man. So he had to allow these African-Americans to use his bathroom. And it was from that point on that any team that Jackie was playing on uh, while playing in the Negro Leagues, they would first ask, can we use your bathroom? And if they couldn't, they would just go to a different gas station. So that, that part that part is historically accurate. Obviously, they 
have Clyde Sukeforth show up at that same moment. So that's a little cinematic stuff to tie things in. That yeah, did sure. that didn't happen. Clyde Sukeforth actually met him at a, at one after one of his games. No, this is one of the things I like about uh, baseball movies, though, and about baseball fans in general, is because baseball is such an old sport. We we're just we have the biggest boners for tradition and for history yes and when when so many things happen in this movie like yes there are certain things that are obvious uh, cinematic contrivances like uh events that overlap and things like that but when when this happened i i thought to myself it, it seems like this is something that would have happened or things right down to jackie robinson's box score for certain games and uh, how certain at bats went and things like that the entire time I've just been waiting to talk to you about this because I just, <laughs> I want to know, like, I suspect that all of it's historically accurate, but I feel like you would probably know a lot better than I on a lot of these things. There's a, like I said, there's a lot of stuff in here that's historically accurate and there's stuff that isn't. And like I said, there's one glaring moment, but that plays a huge part in this movie that we're going to get to. And okay. I, it, like I said, when I was in the movie theater, I was really angry about it being in there, but... I get why it is, and again, I, I'm just teasing up this moment for when we get there because it's the second time I've talked about it. Um, Edge my seat over here. By yeah. the way, I am also, uh, before we move on, I'm on Brian, how do you pronounce the director's name? Helgeland? Yeah, Helgeland, yeah. Helgeland? I'm on his uh, Wikipedia page right now, and I don't necessarily see anything about him being like a massive baseball fan. Do you have any info on that? I just watched it. Uh, I was just watching a, a behind-the-scenes footage. I... I he just mentions that he always loved baseball. So. Okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Cause I mean, if there's one thing that this movie, I thought the baseball scenes in this movie were quite good, but I didn't get the like electric baseball feeling that I, uh, from this movie that we got from say major league. I don't know if that's something that you felt the lack, the lack of a real crowd, maybe. Yes. The CGI exactly crowd that, that we saw. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that might just be it. I, I agree. I understand that as well. I, I definitely think that the writer-director of Major League, if I remember correctly, I think it was David Ware, um, he is a massive baseball fan. And in the behind-the-scenes footage with him and the making of documentary with Major League, uh, that came across in the stuff I watched for 42. Brian Helgland didn't seem as passionate about baseball uh, as the other, as the previous writer-director did of Major League. David S. Ward. Ward. I was, I was close. I was off by one letter. <laughs> um, Jackie's brought to Brooklyn to talk to Branch Ricky, and this is where uh, Mr. Ricky explains to him his plans for him to play in Brooklyn. And they have a little scene where he talks to Jackie and kind of tells him what he can expect, and he needs him to... Uh, it's a big line in the movie. He needs he needs to have a man who's not afraid or who isn't afraid to not fight back. This is also historically accurate. The only problem with it is, is that even as much as Brent Ricky says, he starts talking about how he's going to be taunted and stuff like that, it doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what Branch Ricky really said to Jackie in that in that office and in that interview. In an interview with Clyde Sukeforth, Clyde, who was in the room, said <clears throat> uh, Branch Rickey called him every name under the sun, got said 
everything. It was some of the most foul language he'd ever heard, and it's the only time he ever heard that language from uh, Branch Rickey, just to let Jackie know. So even though some of the things he says in that scene are pretty harsh, they pale in comparison to what the actual interview was like. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And I mean, again, this movie was made by a white guy in, what, 2013? Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that they've uh, toned down the language a little bit for this one. Um, The agreement that Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson came to about him holding back his temper, Jackie Robinson was not allowed to fight back, not allowed to reply to anything for three years. Three years. He had to turn the other cheek. Yeah. That was the agreement that the two of them came to, and Jackie Robinson held up his end of the agreement. That's but, pretty awesome, actually. But after that? After that, by that time, there had been a lot more integration, and uh, there was a lot more acceptance of black players in Major League Baseball. That's when his anger – I shouldn't say his anger. His ferocity and his competitive nature really came out, and that's when he started – arguing with the umpires I, I mean by fighting back i don't mean fist fighting but he would he would no longer have to just take what was being said to him yeah i'm actually uh while in the opening scenes of this movie while they're discussing which uh player to allow to have this opportunity which black player bob uh, gibson bob gibson and well they talk about roy campanella who played for about, the dodgers talk about uh, satchel page satchel page who yeah, is so- arguably the greatest pitcher of all time Arguably, yeah, for sure. I, just, look, they, I, they don't have any stats to back it up. That's the problem. That's such a big problem with – for anybody listening who doesn't care about baseball, I apologize. But the, I find this super interesting because uh, Negro League players back in the day were some of the best players in the world as evidenced by them making the transition to the major leagues. And we don't have stats to back it up. So there are so many Negro League players who have – probably super lucrative records and uh and statistics that we just don't know about and again with baseball fans being uh the statistical nerds that they are like this is a huge tragedy for for numerous reasons but the only reason i bring up uh, satchel page is because i had heard even before this movie that he was in consideration to be the guy that they brought up first and uh they they thought he didn't fit the bill he was uh, he was too brash he was he was too temperamental uh, i'm on his wikipedia page right now and uh, there's a quote from him in his autobiography, in Satchel Page's autobiography. Signing Jackie like they did still hurt me deep down. I'd been the guy who'd started all that big talk about us letting us in the big time. I'd been the one who'd opened up the major league parks to colored teams. I'd been the one who the white boys wanted to go barnstorming against. So he was obviously quite bitter about not being the one to be the first black player. But uh, from what I understand, he broke in years later anyway. Yeah, he but, did. But wasn't the first. No, he wasn't the first. Satchel Page. I I really wish that the the two the two players from the Negro Leagues that I know of that I wish could have played were easily Satchel Page and Bob Gibson. And Bob Gibson is rumored to have hit over 900 career home runs with the Negro Leagues. Um the word when he was playing everyone said that he was the black uh Babe Ruth, but most people uh, in the no said Babe Ruth was the black was the white Bob Gibson <laughs> and when Babe Ruth who at the time was barnstorming with Negro League teams and played against them when he heard that he said it was the greatest compliment he'd ever heard was that he was being compared to Bob Gibson 
Here I was thinking we weren't going to nerd out about baseball history again. I should know better. I know yeah. us. My apologies. <laughs> again, iTunes will pay you back with other listeners on other episodes. Yeah. So after his meeting with um, with Branch, he calls his girlfriend, Rachel Ray, and proposes to her over the phone. This is inaccurate. He actually, They were actually engaged prior to this, but it does make for a nice moment. I love um, that Rachel is shown to be strong on her own. Uh, Rachel Ray Robinson is actually a really great person. There's lots of interviews you can find of her. The way that she uh, recounts everything that Jackie went through, the way she talks about Jackie now, it's it, it literally just warms my heart. And I love that she was given a lot to do, a lot to do for what she is in this movie. It's a baseball movie about Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, and still they give his wife... She's not just a token female in this film like the one in Major League. Um, Rachel's given, for the amount of screen time she has, she's given a lot to do, and they really show the connection that these two had. And that's all, again, true. The, the bond between Rachel and Jackie was strong, and he really leaned on her to help him through these times, and she was there for him. Um, I, I really like that they displayed the connection that these two have the, and the, the chemistry between um, Chadwick Boseman and the lady who plays his wife, who is Nicole Bahari. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Nicole Bahari uh, is really good. I, I really enjoyed them together. They had, they had a nice e- easy chemistry. Yeah. I can't disagree with any of that. I liked uh, her inclusion in the movie in such a large role as well. What I will say, I mean, you, you just mentioned offhand that, uh, the way that their that Jackie's proposal to her uh, over the phone isn't historically accurate. They were already engaged before. I actually disliked sort of how that was treated, so I figured it had to be uh, historically accurate, that call, because I just found it... I, I guess it's nice for explaining just how big of a deal it is that he'll, that he'll propose to her over the phone, but he won't tell her that he's going to be playing for the Brooklyn Dodgers. I, I guess that that's sort of the purpose of that scene, but it it seemed kind of weird and out of place to me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think they just I think what they wanted to do was they wanted to show that these two were going on this journey together, mm-hmm. and that they were both going to be they they were they were starting their life together, and they were going to be starting this new life trying to integrate baseball together. I think that's what they wanted to do. So I get it. Um, during spring training, Robinson earns a roster spot with the Montreal Royals, the AAA affiliate of the Brooklyn Farm System. Uh, after a great season there in spring training in Panama, he advances to the Dodgers. Okay, I, I just want to stop there. We'll get a little bit more into history. He is invited to play for their AAA farm team to try and – he spends a year in Montreal. Uh, Branch really wanted him – to play in Montreal because that was up in Canada where racial tensions weren't as high as they were in the States. When, let's see if I can find it here. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Damn it. I thought I had it pulled up. I don't. Um, Jackie Robinson uh, did end up, uh, he did play a great season in Montreal and he actually helped lead Montreal to the championship in uh in his one year with the Montreal Royals. Uh the there was a great quote that I wish I'd, I I thought I had pulled up. 
but it's uh, the quote, I think it's where after his year in Montreal, he was so beloved by fans that after they won the championship, the white, uh, the white, mo- the, the white fans were mobbing him out of, they, I think they said it's the first time a white mob was chasing a black man out of love, not out of hatred. Well, that's kind of a dark quote, but a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's during this, uh, there's a, a preseason game uh, between the Montreal, but between Montreal and Brooklyn that they set up where, uh, Jackie earns a walk, steals second. He gets to third after a little rundown, and then he, uh, in the words of the young boy watching the game, he discombobulates the pitcher and gets a balk home. I'm sorry, but that that thing with the little kid, I found, like, yes, I understand why they have to put that in the movie because a balk is such a non-understandable thing yes. for both fans and non-fans of baseball. So I understand why they have to put the kid in the movie. I thought that was so dumb how they just panned to some kid to explain all the rules to the audience. Like, I don't think the movie would have suffered all that much if Jackie Robinson was just, if the umpire called Bach and he was allowed to go home. Like, I didn't understand the purpose. Well, I don't know <laughs> well, if you remember, like, that. Sorry. that I'm, you I'm sorry, I don't know if you remember, but that kid, that kid that watches him, he <laughs> becomes a major league player. Yes, I do remember that. So that's why I wanted to sort of backtrack when I said I, I don't understand the purpose because I do. I know they want to set up what not only how big Jackie Robinson was at the time, but the influence that he had on those who came after him. So yeah. I, I get why they wanted to include the kid in the movie there. But for some reason, just having him explain the Bach rule to the audience, just, I found it just totally took me out of the movie. Yeah. When the Dodgers and the Royals played in their exhibition game, Branch was hoping his plan was for this game um, for Jackie to be able to show off the skills he had to show the Brooklyn Dodgers what they could expect and to he was his hope was that Jackie would be able to impress his future teammates. What actually happened was Jackie played so well it infuriated his future teammates. They were so angry that uh, this guy was doing that, it actually ended up backfiring on him. So after a great year in Montreal, he's called up to Brooklyn. They have a, they do their spring training in Panama, so it's not, um, it's a little bit farther away, so they're not under the microscope of, of the press. And there's a lot more people of color in the area, so the Brooklyn Dodgers can kind of get used to that. And the team, some of the members of the team sign a petition um, to have Jackie Robinson removed from the team, they uh, they will not. Uh, they sign. They start a petition because they don't want to play with a black player. Um, this is historically accurate. This was actually real. Uh, it was Dixie Walker that instigated the petition, not that pitcher. Um, Pee Wee Reese did refuse to sign it, and he did say that. Um, you know, if he if he's man enough to take my spot, then he then he deserves it. That uh, that is an accurate quote as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I do like the scene where Branch tells Leo DeRocher to nip this in the bud, and uh, Chris Mullaney uh, comes in. They all the white players are in the looks like the kitchen, and he just unloads on them and. Unfortunately, Chris Maloney is a little underutilized in this film because of the suspension that uh, Leo DeRocher got. But the few scenes that he has, 
Uh, I loved him. He's fantastic. And this is a really great scene, a really intense and really great scene from, from, uh, from Delaney. From Maloney, yeah. sorry. No, I, uh, I definitely would echo all of that. The, the scene in the kitchen where he, you can sort of see the realization sink in on all the players' faces. It's well acted by both, uh, by both the actor whose name you just butchered and I'm not going to try to attempt, and, and, uh, and the players themselves as well. Um, I also like um, them going through all the players, all the Brooklyn Dodgers with this petition, or at least the majority of them, and showing how it was pretty much a consensus when Jackie Robin came onto the team. There were a few holdouts, like Pee Wee Reese, who wouldn't sign the thing. But it was pretty well a consensus that nobody wanted Jackie Robinson on the team when uh, when he got on there, which makes it that much more effective when uh, when everybody does a 180 later on and they all have his back and they're fighting for him on the field after he gets beamed. It just makes the stakes later in the movie that much more effective. And I also like how they set up, I can't remember the player's name, but there's a guy from Birmingham, Alabama, who still uh, holds out after this team meeting and demands a trade. And I uh, I liked his whole progression as well, how even he comes around. Yeah, it was the catcher. Um, hmm. Dutch Leonard, maybe? That might be it. Could be. Uh, I just know that out of the people that, that were on his team, the like Pee Wee Reese wouldn't sign it. Uh, the pitcher, Ralph Bronca, he, uh, he wouldn't sign it. Uh, Eddie Stanky wouldn't sign it. Those are all real. Uh, and they're shown throughout the movie that these are the guys that kind of warm up to Jackie a lot sooner than the rest of the white people do. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Bronca, especially Ralph Bronca, unfortunately is famous for, he's the pitcher that gave up the shot heard around the world. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's some baseball nerd stuff coming out there for any, any non-baseball famous, the most famous home run ever hit. Yes. It is the most famous home run ever hit. Yeah. And, and Ralph Bronca is the pitcher that gave it up. (laughs) um leo derocher is suspended by happy chandler the commissioner of baseball for uh his personal life uh being part of an adulterous affair that ended in a divorce uh leaving the dodgers without a manager to start the regular season so bert Schotten agrees to manage the team this is actually something i actually didn't know could you imagine if in 2019 somebody was suspended a year from major league baseball for having an adulterous relationship. <laughs> there would be no one to take the field. There would I, be nobody on any of our teams. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's here that the movie starts to pick up and we get into one of the big scenes of the movie uh, in a game against the Philadelphia Phillies, a Philadelphia Phillies manager, Ben Chapman taunts Robinson. That's a nice polite way of saying what he actually does yep causing him to go back to the dugout and smash his bat out of frustration with encouragement from ricky robinson then returns to the field and hits a single steals second and advances to third on a throwing error and scores the winning run this is what i've been waiting to talk about the taunting of jackie robinson by by ben chapman that is real Mm-hmm. Jackie going down into the tunnels and freaking out never happened. That is and, 100% false. And, and it, that, that bothers you? It, it infuriates me. I understand why it's put in there. And the reason they put it in there is because they felt that nobody would actually believe that Jackie never had any moments like this. 
that he was actually capable of turning the other cheek despite everything that was being done to him. But he did. Rachel Robinson said Jackie never had any types of breakdowns over these kinds of things. He knew that he had to be strong because he was playing for his people. He was there to help change the world and to make things better for his people. A lot of people, I don't think they actually truly realize how big of a moment this is in history because Jackie Robinson integrating into baseball predates Rosa Parks by eight years. Mm-hmm. This, is, this all happened before the civil rights movement even began. This is one of the things that helped spark the civil rights movement. I, don't, I think this is such a, a major part in history, and a lot of people don't fully understand uh, how big of a moment this is. And so, yes, them showing him having that, that breakdown and stuff like that in the, in the dugout tunnel bothers me because it didn't happen. And I guess showing it makes him appear more human. But I'm yeah. ju- I, I just I remember seeing it. I'm like, that never happened. That never happened. He never had those moments. I, I am having some cognitive dissonance right now, I will admit, because that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> I didn't realize that that didn't happen. Um, but I, I guess you could say that, yes, it, it, that scene would be inserted to make him more human. Um, I guess another reason why I maybe don't have a problem with it, again, be, not being as big a, a Jackie Robinson fan as you are, um, I, I don't think that that scene takes away anything from the legacy. I don't think that him having having this breakdown and basically showing that this this sort of taunting bothers him to the degree that it does i don't think that manufacturing something like this scene does anything to take away from the accomplishments that he had on and off the I'm, field. I'm not saying it took i'm not saying it takes away what what i what i was saying is that it bothers me because it it does it didn't happen i understand mm-hmm. that it needed to be put in because i i I honestly, for, for, the, for the sake of the movie, it makes sense mm. because I don't think the, the general audience could fully understand or could fully accept that Ben Chapman could say and do these things and Jackie wouldn't have this type of reaction. And that's, I guess that's kind of where my problem with it lies. It's because, yes, Jackie was that strong. He endured these kind of things for three years without doing anything. Yeah. But you can't show three years. You can't show him doing all this kind of things. So I understand this scene fully humanizes him, fully yeah. humanizes him. And I understand why it's in the film. And it, it also does insert some sort of conflict, right? Because as yep. great, as great as a man, as Jackie Robinson was, I mean, watching a guy, be a nice guy for three years is not an interesting movie, right? Like, uh, as shitty as that is to say, but I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find some sort of way to justify the scene. Not that I really think I need to find a way to justify there's no, the there's scene. There's no, but... I, I'm, like I said, I know why it's in the movie. It yeah, humanizes yeah, yeah. him. And so for that, I understand it. I just, I wish there had been some way that it could have been done without having to show this because I, I think it's, I think it's even greater knowing that this never happened. Hmm. But you can't show that because you have to do it within a certain time frame. You got to this movie only shows him playing in his first year. So, I I get it. I just 
it's just it's it's something that as a as a Jackie Robinson fan and someone that respects this man as much it just it just bothered me but I know why it's in there for the for the sake of the movie and for the sake of the story that it has to tell I I 100% agree yeah I I just I what I'm trying to understand I guess in this I mean you say you you understand that doesn't really take anything away from him I I I don't know. I'm just trying to understand the problem. The problem with it, really, because um, again, every based on a true story movie, every biopic is going to have contrivances. It's going to have shit that's just plain old made up and fabricated. Maybe I've just sort of made my peace with that, and maybe it's also due to the fact that I'm not as big of a Robinson fan as you are. But I just thought this was a really effective scene for uh, showing the type of shit that I guess the average person would have to go through this. Uh, go through with this but then again uh jackie robinson was anything but average so i don't know maybe i'm still just developing an opinion on it yeah it's fair and outside of like outside of my opinion like i said my problem with it is that my my problem with it isn't that it didn't happen like there's other things in here that didn't happen that they that they show Mm -hmm. i just i know i know for a movie for the general audiences they, I don't think they could honestly believe that he could endure this kind of stuff without him reacting that way. That's yeah. why it's in the movie. That's mm-hmm. where I know for a fact he did <laughs> right. suffer this way without that kind of reaction. And to me, that makes him an even stronger person. But you, there's no way you can cinematically convey that. That's, mm-hmm. that's my problem. Yeah. I think mainly I'm just upset that one of my favorite scenes in this movie didn't happen. <laughs> that may just well be it. It is. A, it is a. It's a fantastic scene, and it's incredibly well acted by Chadwick it Boseman. It's a very well acted scene. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm. I sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble. You might have to. Um, I also. Uh, Alan Tudyk plays the role of oh, uh, ben, ben Chapman, Chapman the manager. And uh, I, I hate to say this, but every time I see Alan Tudyk on stage, I have – it's impulsive. I have to say, hey, look, it's Steve the Pirate <laughs> just from, from Dodgeball. But, yeah, um, I thought he did a very good job of portraying an asshole in this movie. I hated him with every fiber of my being. So uh, mission accomplished. Yes, Alan, Alan Tudyk is amazing, <laughs> um, and I couldn't imagine how difficult it must have been for him to – prepare for this role mm-hmm. to play this role and to actually have to say and do the things that he was saying and doing in this movie it must have honestly i it must have taken a real emotional toll because hearing him say those things is is hard so i could yeah, i definitely cringed several times through yeah. this sequence and this is where i'm glad that they didn't pull back because I, I bet you even everything he said probably pales in comparison to probably what he really said out there. Oh, no doubt. Um, I think that's the main things I had on there. Um, there is one scene. Uh, we, we glanced over it, but it's one that I like. It's just a tiny scene. Oh, no. Is it no? It's when he's uh, when Jackie's kick. This is prior to this. Jackie's kicked off that field in Florida for by by the the jerk cop. Yeah. And him and Rachel are walking afterwards, and the white guy comes up, and they think he's gonna do something bad, but he tells Jackie that 
uh, him and other people, other whites, are pulling for him to succeed. I like that it's thrown in there because that was true. Not all white people are racist. And there were people um, that were hoping and wanting um, blacks to succeed, especially in baseball, because they wanted to see the best play the best. So I like that it was put in there, and it's a small short scene that's done well, and just letting, just letting the world know, yes, at the time, a lot of white people were really shitty, and perhaps even the majority of white people were very shitty to black people, but not mm-hmm. all of them. You can't paint everybody with the same brush. Yeah. Weird that that still resonates today. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to add on that point. Um, I can tell you that leading up to this point in the movie where the white guy approaches him on the street, I, as a white guy, was not thinking, where are all the good white people? <laughs> I wasn't exactly I wasn't exactly thinking that. But I agree with you. I am glad they included this, this yeah. in the movie. Because, like, other than that, if you don't include that scene... Basically, the only good white people in this movie are Branch Rickey, Clyde Sukeforth, and eventually T.R. Knight. The, uh, and Pee Wee Reese. And Pee Wee Reese. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and Stanky and Ralph Branca. Everybody, There's a couple good white people yeah, in this movie. Everybody else, pieces of shit. <laughs> um, so we, we get some flashes of the way that um, Robinson changed the game. Uh, the Negro Leagues were playing a different brand of baseball than the, than uh, than white baseball. They were playing a lot of hit and run. They were stealing a lot of bases. Speed was a major thing. And that's one of the things that Jackie Robinson brought over to Major League Baseball. And they really showed that a lot with his base running prowess. And that's one of the things that Jackie Robinson really excelled at was stealing bases and stuff like that. And the Major League Baseball... No, the white players just weren't used to it and weren't ready for it. And that's why he was able to capitalize on those kind of things. And it's one of the major aspects. One of the, Again, one of the many ways that Jackie Robinson helped change the game of baseball. I like that they really showed that a lot. As cheesy as it was, I did like the, the little moment in the, I think it's the, uh, the press box, where there's two writers talking to each other. And one of them is going on some racist tirade about how... Uh, how the blacks have a longer heel bone and it gives them an unfair speed advantage. And then Robinson knocks one out of the park and the other writer turns him and says, was that his longer heel bone that did that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as cheesy as that moment is, I, I got a good chuckle. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, moving ahead a bit, um, later Robinson's teammate Pee Wee Reese comes to understand what kind of pressure Robinson is facing and makes a public show of solidarity, standing with his arm around Robinson's shoulders before a hostile crowd at Crosley Field in Cincinnati, silencing them. It doesn't really silence them. They continue to boo, and I hate this Wikipedia stuff is bullshit. This is a very bad plot synopsis of the movie yeah. that I really enjoy. Uh, yeah. This is another this – is, this, too, is historically accurate. Um, there, there was a game in Cincinnati – where Pee Wee Reese, who is from Kentucky, which is very close to Cincinnati, right before the game, he walks over to Jackie and puts his arm around him, signifying to all the people that Jackie's his man, that he supports Jackie, and that it's time for people to move on. It's also in the scene where they throw in a real... <laughs> it's, a, it's a great little line and stuff that really warms my heart. Obviously not historically accurate, but this is where Pee Wee Reese tells him, and it's a nice little funny joke. He's like, maybe one day we'll all wear 42 and they won't be able to tell us apart. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, I think that was the moment where I turned to Jordan, who I was watching the movie with, and went, oh, they actually do that in the MLB. <laughs> and the, had, a, had a big nerd moment. But, yeah, that's yeah. a big baseball nerd moment is there. And it's, <laughs> and it's played really well. And it's really uh, – Lucas Black is actually really good as Pee Wee Reese. Um, it's a, it's a great, it's a great moment that on the side note, there is that, re- it's a really uncomfortable scene with the father and the son in the stands and this kid's super excited to be there and he's super excited to see Pee Wee Reese and then Jackie Robinson hits the field and his dad and all the people around him are yelling racial slurs and you can see the kid, he's unsure. He's like, do I, do I do this? My dad's doing it. And then he, then he starts yelling out the end bomb and it's heartbreaking to see how easily racism and bigotry is handed down. It was a really great little thing, a little great moment that is heartbreaking and sad at the same time. Now it was effective to show just, uh, how racism is hereditary. It's learned behavior and it can be unlearned. And I think that moment in contrast with, uh, PB Reese putting his arm around Jackie are, those are intentionally placed next to each other. They're intentionally juxtaposed. Just, in my opinion, sort of to show you, you can learn this at a young age and you can also unlearn it, yeah. um, as uh, Pee Wee Reese is showing. Uh, they show the game against St. Louis where you know Slaughter accidentally spikes Robinson. That really happened, and you know Slaughter was known as being incredibly racist and a very dirty player. Uh, baseball side note, uh, Eno Slaughter is also one of the reasons that my Red Sox didn't win the World Series back in the 40s uh, when he scored from first because uh, uh, of a, a ground ball hit and the shortstop held the ball too long. I'm sure you were devastated listening to that game on the radio. I was there live. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's this is where the back of his leg is ripped open, and the team wants to retaliate, showing that they've at at this point in the season they now really want to. They're now a team. They're now a family. And Robinson tells him, "Don't retaliate. The win is more important than uh, some type of moral victory." Yeah, I think that moment of Jackie Robinson uh, being lifted up. And telling all of his teammates to to not retaliate is sort of the conclusion to his arc. So yeah. I, I guess that moment of him being lifted up by his teammates is sort of the, uh, I guess you could call it the payoff for the moment in the tunnel where he does have the freak out. Um, sort of showing his growth as a, as a person through there, which makes it all that more unfortunate that uh, <laughs> that, that moment in the tunnel never happened. Because I guess... You know, when you consider the arc as a full, it just makes sense for them to insert that beat in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't want to rehash that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, the movie, uh, Robinson's home run against Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Fritz Ostermuller, who had earlier hit him in the head, helps clinch the National League pennant for the Dodgers, sending them to the World Series, which they would lose to the New York Yankees. Wah, wah. They don't talk about that in the movie, thank God. Um, and that's kind of at the end of the movie and that's where we are. The, there's a nice little running joke that being in Pittsburgh sucks. And there's a couple really great, uh, shots, especially in this scene when Jackie hits that home run 
and he's rounding third and the the camera is behind him showing off that gorgeous 42 as he runs towards home plate it's a really great shot that i loved and there's a couple other shots especially base running shots um there's a, a ground level one that's following his feet as he's running um it's 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 a nicely shot film it's not gorgeous um but there's a couple shots in here that i really enjoyed I think the lack of a real crowd, like we said earlier, also uh, hinders the film just a bit. I mean, it's not it's not like it's a prerequisite for a baseball movie, but um, I think a potential maybe missed opportunity for the filmmakers was seeing uh, the crowds, in particular the Brooklyn crowd, come around on Jackie. Um, and you don't really get that that audience feedback. You don't really get the cheering. You don't really get the electricity that you get from a real crowd. So maybe a missed opportunity there, in my opinion. But overall, you know, very well shot movie in you know in its whole. Yeah. Uh, also, um, John C. McGinley plays uh, broadcaster Red Barber. Uh, Red Barber is a fantastic broadcaster, and John C. McGinley played him really well. He yeah, got he his... nails the baseball voice. Oh, he nails <laughs> the baseball voice. He's so good at it. Hmm. And Red Barber is one of the uh, he's one of the most famous baseball announcers of all time. Honestly, he's pro- probably rank him. Well, Vin Scully's number one. Yeah, like without a shadow of a doubt, Vin Scully is who took over for Red Barber. Which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Just how long Vin Scully? Again, this is going to be more baseball nerd trivia, but Vin Scully retired what last year, two years ago? Last year. And he, I think, probably started calling the Dodgers like, I don't know, probably five to ten years after this movie took place, if R- that. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking nuts. That guy was he called the Dodgers for like six or seven decades. But anyway, that's more baseball nerd trivia that you don't need to know. Yeah. I was actually. <laughs> while we were talking about uh, Ben Chapman, I was going down a, a Wikipedia rabbit hole on him. And my God, this guy just sounds like a swell individual. Uh, <laughs> do you want to hear another Ben Chapman story? I'd love to. Uh, it was in New York that the extent of Chapman's bigotry first surfaced. He taunted Jewish fans at Yankee Stadium with Nazi salutes and disparaging epithets. In a 1933 game, his intentional spiking of Washington Senators second baseman Buddy Meyer, who was incorrectly believed to be Jewish, caused a 20-minute brawl that saw 300 fans participate and resulted in five-game suspensions and $100 fines for each of the players involved. That's a nice little Ben Chapman fact for everyone right there. Yeah, it's one of the dark parts of, of baseball's history is is uh things didn't really uh things weren't uh, were tad um tad racist tad well it's, racist. A, it's a it's a dark part of the world's history yeah uh like as an example uh argue arguably one of the greatest players of all i shouldn't say arguably inarguably one of the greatest players of all time ty cobb was mm-hmm. a raging racist raging oh yeah and his what? hatred his hatred for black people is well documented which is why it's actually sort of nice that Babe Ruth playing as early as he did was noted for being uh, quite uh, active and and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he was he acted quite nicely towards his colored fans, I guess, which back in like the 20s and 30s was unheard of. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, that pretty much kind of wraps up the main. Well, that wraps up the movie. It's it's not that long of a movie. And it, is it? Is it? No, what? It's two hours? Wow. Man. I didn't, I didn't even feel it was that long. 
it uh, it zips by. It doesn't. Oh, two hours. Like I don't even know what what would you really cut out of it. I don't think you could really cut anything out of there, really. No, um, I can't really think of all that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly can't tell you. They don't really get into a lot of uh, B plots in there or anything, as far as I can recall. Like the uh, the teammates B B plots, if anything, I thought were underdeveloped. Like I, I thought. Uh, some of the character arcs for some of uh, Jackie Robinson's teammates, I-, I felt I could have used more, honestly, with them growing to accept him and love him. But yeah, I honestly couldn't think of anything I'd cut out of that. Wow, two hours! I, I definitely felt definitely felt like it was a shorter movie than that. It it zipped by. So kudos to the the editing and and uh, the pacing of this film. So uh, I don't think. I have anything else really to talk about the the movie's just kind of about Jackie Robinson and the the journey he goes on to try and help integrate Major League Baseball. Sam, any thoughts or anything like that? Um, no. Is is this going to be the part where we uh, do our favorite scenes? I guess. Well, just before we get there, I have a yeah. cup a little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, one the the role of Branch Rickey was originally intended for Robert Redford. Which I think would have been a really good choice. I'm sorry, that was uh, Harrison Ford's role? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I can see Redford in that for sure. Um, and then a little historical inaccuracy, not a huge thing, um, but Pirates pitcher Fritz Ostermuller threw left-handed, not right-handed. Oh, man, they got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, his first inning pitch uh, where he hit Robinson, it actually didn't hit him in the head, it hit him in the wrist. But, but the bench is cleared nonetheless, I'd assume. Uh, no, no. There there was no fight. There was no fight. <laughs> God damn it. Here I am talking about the historical accuracy of baseball movies, and they're fucking it all up. Yeah. Uh, the climactic scene in which Robinson hit a home run to clinch the National League pennant for the Dodgers came in the top of the fourth inning of the game, and, and it did not clinch the victory. Uh, it only made the score one nothing, and the Dodgers eventually won 4-2. to two. God damn it. Uh, they did not clinch the pennant. They clinched it the next day. But you know you okay, got fair you, enough. you gotta have the rematch with Fritz Ostermüller. You know, yeah. so, cinematically it makes sense, and they were only off by a day. <laughs> so, Pretty darn close as yeah. far as uh, timelines go. Math mathematically, they had it. They had it. They still had. They hadn't mathematically clinched, but we all knew they clinched. Other than that, um, he. Ended up, uh, he they didn't win the World Series. They actually, I think they lost quite a few World Series, and I think all of them to the Yankees. How fun is that? Uh, Mary. But, but Jackie Robinson did bring home the first and only World Series to the Brooklyn Dodgers before they moved out to L.A. Other than that, <laughs> mm, I don't know if you remember, uh, and it's so funny because Every time I see that scene, there's a scene I'm gonna ta- I want to talk about. Every mm-hmm. time I see the scene in the movie, I was always wondering why it's in there because it doesn't seem to really make any sense. But there's a scene where the a babysitter shows up to look after Rachel's kids. Yeah, I, it's so funny you mentioned that actually because I was like, oh, what's gonna happen? Like, uh, like is there gonna be some sort of uh, some sort of threat, or is the babysitter gonna like what's gonna happen? Like, it's it's set up like super ominously, and it I know never pays off. Do you want to know why that scene is in there? They definitely could have done this in any other way, but this is why it's in there. I'm assuming it's because some sort of B plot was cut out. No, Kelly Jekyll, who plays the babysitter is Branch Rickey's great-granddaughter. 
<laughs> okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but they could have put her somewhere else. That scene, that's where they could have cut something. That, yeah. what, one minute scene? If that. I remember seeing it all the time. I'm like, why is this in here? They de- It definitely sets. looks like something's going to go wrong. Like, Rachel gets, like, lost on a subway or gets hit her taxi cab gets hit on the way like there's it definitely feels like it's setting up for something big and literally has no payoff but that's yeah. the payoff is that is Branch Rickey's great granddaughter um that pretty much wraps up um our my thoughts and review of 42 we kind of just really talked about the historical accuracies and inaccuracies before we kind of move on to that I just want to talk a little bit more about the people in the movie. Yeah, um, sure. What were your thoughts on Chadwick Boseman playing Jackie Robinson? What did you think of his performance? We surprisingly have said very little about Mr. Uh, Bojack Horseman, or uh, Chadwick Boseman, excuse me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought he was good. I honestly didn't notice him uh, particularly much. He didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of acting in air quotes scenes. Um, maybe the one in the tunnel is it. Um, but he, he was certainly not noticeably bad in it. I, uh, I don't know. He was, he was fine. There were, there were a couple nice little, uh, charismatic moments that he had. Um, a couple nice little comedic moments, like, uh, when Pee Reese comes out and talks to him on the field and Pee Wee Reese is talking about the civil war and how we would have won that son of a gun. <laughs> and, uh, Jackie Robinson If says, the corn stalks had held out. Yeah, he says, better luck next time, Pee-wee. <laughs> That's a nice little line. Or uh, what else was there? I don't know. He has a couple nice little uh, comedic moments. Um, and he uh, also has some more uh, serious moments, like the, the get-me-up scene uh, after he gets spiked. And uh, the, the bus scene at the beginning where he's uh, telling his team they're going to go to a different gas station. So he certainly has some good moments, but I, I don't think I was wowed at any given point. Mm-hmm. Um, I... It, it was perfectly serviceable performance, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And for everyone in this movie, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any bad acting. I don't, mm. I don't think anybody stood out as bad, and I don't think anybody stood out as good or great, with the with the exception of maybe Alan Tudyk um, as Ben Chapman. Not that it's like a, a an award worthy performance, but the he the, makes you hate him a lot. Yeah, so it's. He garnered he garnered an emotional response from me, and that th- that's always a plus when it comes to an actor's yeah. performance. I feel the same. Um, Harrison Ford as Branch Rickey is fine. He's uh, he's you know he's got a prosthetic nose and a prosthetic chin on to make him look more like Branch Rickey. Um, he's also he's a little bit uh, comical. He's a he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit of a caricature. Yeah, and Branch Rickey is that yeah. kind of person. So it was it it was somewhat accurate. That is the way uh, he was. Uh, it's a fu- it's a fun performance. You can see that Harrison Ford is enjoying himself playing oh, this course. role. He has so many. He calls people "son of a bitch" so many times in this movie. And yeah, I got I got a little chuckle every time. Um, Christopher Maloney is Leo DeRocher. He's got a few scenes. Like I said, the one in the kitchen I really enjoyed. Uh, John C. McGinley is Red Barber. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he has scenes with nobody. I'm sure he's by himself the entire time. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and other than that, like, um, yeah, I, I can't really think of anybody that really stood out. 
No, I definitely didn't have anyone that stood out for me. I think Alan uh, Alan Tudyk, as you said, was probably, I mean, in being the worst part of this movie, he was the best because he filled me with rage and uh, everyone else was fine. I, I can't think of a performance that really stood out as horrifyingly bad, to be honest with you. Yep, fair enough. But but to be fair, a lot of the minor characters don't really have a lot to do anyway. Um, it's strange. I, I don't really feel like I noticed anyone in this in this movie. Like a lot of the minor characters are sort of just wallpaper. Yep. Fair enough. <clears throat> um. All right. So what? Uh, well, actually, no. Before we get into that, final thoughts on uh, <laughs> on forty two. I was waiting for you to finish that sentence before I started. <laughs> it's a big pause. Um, yeah, so final thoughts on 42. It's a it's a movie about a great man and Jackie Robinson. I learned some stuff that I didn't know before. Um, it's a perfectly decent movie. I could certainly see myself rewatching it again. Um, didn't blow my mind. I, I don't think I have the deep love for it that you probably do, Manny, and that would probably come from uh, just not having the same... Uh, deep love for Jackie Robinson than you do. Obviously, I have a great deal of respect for what he did for um, both uh, the game of baseball and you know so much more all over uh, North America and the world. But um, yeah, this movie, I thought I wasn't necessarily bored, but there were certainly missed opportunities. A lot of the relationships with the teammates uh, that he had were sort of underdeveloped. Really, the only people who have any sort of screen time are Chadwick Boseman and Harrison Ford. Um, and I wasn't particularly blown away by their relationship. I didn't really get the sort of connection between them that I might hoped. But nonetheless, I, I enjoyed it through and through. Perfectly fine shot, or perfectly fine movie in the way that it's shot. It's decently acted, but uh, in my opinion, maybe at worst a little bit forgettable. Fair enough. Uh, for me, this movie is uh, one that I thoroughly enjoy because, it, and and 100%, it's because of who the subject is. Jackie Robinson, like I mentioned before, is my hero. I love, I love the man, and this movie only begins to scratch the surface of what the man really truly accomplished. So I knew going in when I saw it, when I went to this movie on opening night back in 2013 that I was probably going to like it, if not love it. And it was really good. Like I said, there's some there's some inaccuracies that were a little bothersome for me, but I understand why they did them. It you are making a movie, you have to tell a story, you have to connect with the audience and all that. So I I enjoyed it, and I'm glad we got a chance to review this one. Um, before we uh, before we get on, Sam, your favorite scene. I've been going back and forth. I think uh, coming into this, I was convinced that it was going to be the tunnel scene. It was going to be my favorite <laughs> scene because it's easily the best acted in the movie, in oh, my opinion. Yes. Um, and it's a nice little bit of uh, dialogue between Harrison Ford and Chadwick Boseman. You have uh, ruined it for me a little bit, so congratulations on that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think maybe if I am to maybe not change my pick, but maybe throw an honorable mention out there, the get me up scene um, – where he's being lifted off the dirt by his teammates after being spiked uh, and tells his teammates that they can't retaliate because the game's too important. 
that's a really nice moment. It shows uh, the conclusion to a lot of different arcs all at once that were in the air. It shows how much his teammates have come to respect him. It shows how much he, how much of a journey he's gone on to learn to control. Uh, he's not really shown to have a temper. We're kind of told he has a temper at the beginning of the movie, but it just shows the kind of person that he that he was. Um, so probably the scene where he's being lifted off the dirt at the end after being spiked. Fair enough. Uh, mine is actually the Ben Chapman taunting Robinson scene, the yeah. whole scene. So that does include the the tunnel scene, which, like I said, it did bother me. But it's what happens afterwards when Stank goes over there as well to get in his face, which is the beginning of the team finally starting to stick up for him. There's also shots of the catcher who asked for the trade. You can see how uncomfortable he is and realizing that you know, Jackie Robinson is a real person, and this is where he starts. To, and I'm pretty sure it's after the scene that he goes back and asks for him not to be traded. Yeah, and right. so this whole scene um, is my favorite of the film. Good call. Good call. So, Sam, out of five. Uh, easy three, I think. Um, certainly was an enjoyable movie, and I could see myself watching it again. Um, maybe as a Jackie Robinson Day tradition, but I don't think. Uh, it'll be breaking the ranks of my top X amount of movies anytime soon. Nonetheless, had a good time. Good. Uh, I accurately predicted you to pick uh, three. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, well, should I say what I think you, you're guessing it as? Yeah, go ahead, guess. It's a I, four, right? It is a four, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is an easy four for me. And if, in in all honesty, I'm completely biased because of my love of the character and the subject matter. So if it hadn't been Jackie Robinson and been some other maybe random baseball player, probably would have been a three for me as well. But with it being Jackie and my love for the man, it's a four. Perfect. So that wraps up uh, this week's uh, episode. Next week, we are uh, doing one of Sam's picks. We are going to be looking at the 2004 adventure comedy yeah. Euro Trip. So Manny said to me before we got on air today, I don't think we've actually reviewed any bad movies. And that's not, to, I mean, we decided that we were going to be doing this movie a couple weeks ago, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the name of the segment is Hidden Gems and Guilty Pleasures, and I feel like we've just been picking hidden gems, so uh, time for a guilty pleasure. And time? that would be, uh, that would be, I mean, they called it an adventure comedy. It's a sex comedy. It's an early 2000s sex comedy, sort of in the style of American Pie, called Eurotrip. I am frightened to see how it has aged. I have not seen this movie in a couple years, probably, but nonetheless, I am excited to talk about it. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie probably since it came out, so I remember next to nothing about it. I obviously remember one big thing, um, and that's a, a delicious cameo. Um, oh, you do remember? I was I was hoping that would be a surprise for you. No, not a surprise. <laughs> I a hundred percent remember that, and I the remember. Scotty doesn't know scene. Classic. I remember what I remember when I was watching it. I was like, this is fucking unreal. I've seen again. People will have it. People have to tune in next week if they want to find out who it is, or just Google it. I don't fucking care. Um, but every time that cameo pops up, I've seen that movie a couple of times, probably I don't know a dozen. And every time it happens, I'm like, holy fuck! It's insert person here. <laughs> <laughs> it surprises me every time. Oh yes. Yeah. So for those of you uh, excited for next week's uh, comedy, sex comedy. 
Euro trip is on the docket for next week. Uh, so please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star rating and a positive review, we'll increase our profile so more people can listen to Eurotrip episodes. If you will follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie, we greatly appreciate it. And you can contact us through email at sammannymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook for the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. I'm Manny Manuel. And I'm Sam Reimer. Adios!